The Lord is in his holy temple, let all the earth keep silence before him. O Lord, open thou our lips. And our mouths shall show forth thy praise. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Praise ye the Lord. The Lord's name be praised. O come, let us sing unto the Lord. Let us heartily rejoice in the strength of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving, and show ourselves glad in him with psalms. For the Lord is a great God, and a great King above all gods. In his hand are all the corners of the earth, and the strength of the hills is his also. The sea is his, and he made it, and his hands prepared the dry land. O come, let us worship and fall down, and kneel before the Lord our Maker. For he is the Lord our God, and we are the people of his pasture, and the sheep of his hand. Today, if ye will hear his voice, harden not your hearts, as in the provocation, as in the day of temptation in the wilderness. When your fathers tempted me, proved me, and saw my works, forty years long was I grieved with this generation, and said, It is a people that do err in their hearts, for they have not known my ways, unto whom I swear in my wrath that they should not enter into my rest. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Psalms 137 on page 513, and 140 on page 516. By the waters of Babylon we sat down and wept, when we remembered thee, O Sion. As for our harps, we hang them up upon the trees that are therein. For they that led us away captive required of us then a song and melody in our heaviness. Sing us one of the songs of Sion. How shall we sing the Lord's song in a strange land? If I forget thee, O Jerusalem, let my right hand forget her cunning. If I do not remember thee, let my tongue cleave to the roof of my mouth. Yea, I prefer not Jerusalem above my chief joy. Remember the children of Edom, O Lord, in the day of Jerusalem, how they said, Down with it, down with it, even to the ground. O daughter of Babylon, wasted with misery, yea, happy shall he be that rewardeth thee, as thou hast served us. Blessed shall he be that taketh thy children, and throweth them against the stones. Psalm 140. Deliver me, O Lord, from the evil man, and preserve me from the wicked man. Who imagine mischief in their hearts, and stir up strife all the day long. They have sharpened their tongues like a serpent. Adder's poison is under their lips. Keep me, O Lord, from the hands of the ungodly. Preserve me from the wicked men who are purposed to overthrow my goings. The proud have laid a snare for me and spread a net abroad with cords, yea, and set traps in my way. I said unto the Lord, Thou art my God, hear the voice of my prayers, O Lord. O Lord God, Thou strength of my health, Thou hast covered my head in the day of battle. Let not the ungodly have his desire, O Lord. Let not his mischievous imagination prosper, lest they be too proud. 
Let the mischief of their own lips fall upon the head of them that compass me about. Let hot burning coals fall upon them. Let them be cast into the fire and into the pit, that they never rise up again. A man full of words shall not prosper upon the earth. Evil shall hunt the wicked person to overthrow him. Sure I am that the Lord will avenge the poor and maintain the cause of the helpless. The righteous also shall give thanks unto the, thy name, and the just shall continue in thy sight. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Here beginneth the third chapter of the book of Genesis. Now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, God, Has God indeed said, You shall not eat of every tree in the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, You shall not eat it, nor shall you touch it, lest you die. Then the serpent said to the woman, You will not surely die. For God knows that in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree desirable to make one wise, she took of the fruit and ate. She also gave to her husband with her, and he ate. Then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves coverings. And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. Then the Lord God called to Adam and said to him, Where are you? So he said, I heard your voice in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. And he said, Who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree of which I commanded you that you should not eat? Then the man said, The woman who, whom you gave to me to be with me, she gave me of the tree, and I ate. And the Lord God said to the woman, What is this you have done? The woman said, The serpent deceived me, and I ate. So the Lord God said to the serpent, Because you have done this, you are cursed more than all cattle, and more than every beast of the field. On your belly you shall go and you shall eat dust all the days of your life. And I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between your seed and her seed. He shall bruise your head, and you shall bruise his heel. To the woman he said, I will greatly multiply your sorrow and your conception. In pain you shall bring forth children. Your desire shall be for your husband, and he shall rule over you. Then to Adam he said, Because you have heeded the voice of your wife, and have eaten from the tree of which I commanded you, saying, You shall not eat of it. Cursed is the ground for your sake. In toil you shall eat of it all the days of your life. Both thorns and thistles it shall bring forth for you, and you shall eat the herb of the field. In the sweat of your face you shall eat bread, till you return to the ground. For out of it you were taken. For dust you are, and to dust you shall return. And Adam called his wife's name Eve, because she was the mother of all living. 
Also for Adam and his wife the Lord God made tunics of skin and clothed them. Then the Lord God said, Behold, the man has become like one of us, to know good and evil. And now, lest he put out his hand and take also of the tree of life, and eat and live forever, therefore the Lord God set him out of the garden of Eden to till the ground from which he was taken. So he drove out the man, and he placed cherubim in the east of the Garden of Eden, and a flaming sword which turned every way to guard the way to the Tree of Life. Here it is, the first lesson. <laughs> Blessed art thou, o Lord God of our fathers, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou for the name of thy majesty, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou in the temple of thy holiness, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou that beholdest the depths and dwellest between the cherubim, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou in the glorious throne of thy kingdom, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou in the firmament of heaven, praised and exalted above all forever. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Here beginneth the thirtieth verse of the sixth chapter of the Gospel according to St. Mark. <clears throat> then the apostles gathered to Jesus and told him all things, both what they had done and what they had taught. And he said to them, Come aside by yourselves, for as a deserted place and rest a while <clears throat> for there were many coming and going and they did not even have time to eat so they departed to a deserted place in the boat by themselves but the multitude saw them departing and many knew him and ran there on foot from all the cities they arrived before him and came together to him and jesus when he came out saw a great multitude and was moved with compassion for them because they were like sheep not having a shepherd. So he began to teach them many things. <laughs> when the day was now far spent, his disciples came to him and said, This is a deserted place, and already the hour is late. Send them away, that they may go into the surrounding country and villages and buy themselves bread, for they have nothing to eat. And he answered and said to them, You give them something to eat. And they said to him, Shall we go and buy two hundred denarii worth of bread and give them something to eat? But he said to them, How many loaves do you have? Go and see. And when they found out, they said, Five, and two fish. Then he commanded them to make them all sit down in groups on the green grass. So they sat down in ranks, in hundreds and in fifties. And when he had taken the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven, blessed and broke the loaves, and gave them to his disciples to set before them. And the two fish he divided among them all. So they ate all of them and were filled, and they took up twelve baskets full of fragments of the, and of the fish. Now those who had eaten the loaves were about five thousand men. Here ended the second lesson. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he has visited and redeemed his people hath raised up a mighty salvation for us in the house of his servant David, as he spake by the mouth of his holy prophets, which have been since the world began, 
that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all that hate us, to perform the mercy promised to our forefathers, and to remember his holy covenant, to perform the oath which he sware to our forefather Abraham, that he would give us, that we, being delivered out of the hand of our enemies, might serve him without fear, in holiness and righteousness before him all the days of our life. And thou, child, shalt be called the prophet of the highest, for thou shalt go before the face of the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation unto his people for the remission of their sins, through the tender mercy of our God, whereby the day spring from on high has visited us, to give light to them that sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, and to guide our feet into the way of peace. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, Maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, His only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven, and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with thy spirit. Let us pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Amen. O Lord, show thy mercy upon us. And grant us thy salvation. O God, may clean our hearts within us. And take not thy Holy Spirit from us. O Lord, we beseech thee favorably to hear the prayers of thy people, that we who are justly punished for our offenses may be mercifully delivered by thy goodness for the glory of thy name. Through Jesus Christ our Savior who liveth and reigneth thee and the Holy Ghost ever, one God, world without end. Amen. O God, who art the author of peace and lover of concord, in knowledge of whom standeth our eternal life, whose service is perfect freedom, defend us thy humble servants in all assaults of our enemies, that we, surely trusting in thy defense, may not fear the power of any adversaries, through the might of Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. O Lord, our Heavenly Father, almighty and everlasting God, who has safely brought us to the beginning of this day, defend us in the same with thy mighty power, and grant that this day we fall to no sin, neither run into any kind of danger, but that all our doings being ordered by thy governance may be righteous in thy sight. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Morning to all. We've begun this week uh, our, our lectionary resets 
after Septuagesima, so we, we began on Monday with our reading of Genesis and in morning prayers will take us through the whole story of um, Israel until we get back to Advent when Israel ends up in exile in, in Babylon. And then we, we kind of re rehearse the whole narrative again. And in these Genesis texts historically, well, in the modern West, when people encounter Genesis 1, the creation narrative, narrative of the fall, we've really gotten sidetracked with questions of of modern scientific questions, what we call historicity, you know, did, did God create the world in six days or was there a little Adam and Eve and trying to examine the, the point of it. And the, the problem is, is that this has um, embraced this modern understanding of truth as sort of facts you can examine and not truth in terms of the true way of understanding life, the true story of the human condition, uh, knowing the meaning and purpose of life, those kind of things have been removed from the idea of truth. And I don't say that the historical debates aren't, aren't worth having, but they aren't the main point that Genesis is giving to us here. And for me, Genesis 3, you know, why, why do I believe it? This, is, this story explains the human condition in a way that this, this, is, this is what, this explains the meaning and purpose of life and explains what human beings experience more accurately than 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 anything else I've, I've, I've encountered. And, and let's set the stage. We've had in Genesis, God created uh, humans in his image. And now there's um, there's a, uh, a test, the tree. And, and we and we have um, the serpent comes in. There's a temptation. And and the pattern here is of of the divine prohibition then needs a, a test and we can call it a temptation but it, it's best biblically to understand that what's happening is test god is has made people his image to live in communion with him there's a test does do, do god's people really want to do that um then there's there's the temptation drawn about by human desire the disordered human desire where Eve looks at it and sees, oh, it's good. And um, and then there's the sin, and then there's a the consequence of the sin, which is uh, that the humans, they understand they're naked, they have fear, they have shame, and they hide from God. So what in the beginning was a, a relationship of union, communion, walking with God in the garden or living in his presence now becomes one where we're separated. And this finally brought out by the, the expulsion from the garden, because in their state now of, of sin, the disorder of sin, they cannot live in that, in that presence. And um, we should note in this narrative, in our understanding of the faith that, you know, in a lot of conversations about God, people blame God. Why is God doing, why is God doing that? We note in the Genesis narrative, God made man in his image God gave them the garden and everything they needed. It was human sin, the, the willful decision to disobey God that brought about all of the difficulty. And then God, once sin takes place, God comes in to provide a gracious uh, covering and atonement uh, to, to cover them with skins and to make some provision for them to go on living. So God creates the good and God redeems the evil uh, and, and God's the creator and redeemer and, and yet human beings tend to say, well, why is God doing this? And it does highlight the fact that the, the main complaint 
people have against God is kind of paradoxical is they don't we don't like that God has given us this much freedom to do this much that that is wrong and then on the other hand they'll blame God will blame God because wow he he's he is harsh and he doesn't give us let us gives any freedom and he's an autocrat who has all these rules and and the reality of we see the story is you no know, God creates us in love God gives us freedom uh when we misuse that freedom God redeems it and this story is, is meant, we see throughout the Bible a pattern here, that God gives people his law, there's a test of the obedience, and when the test is passed, this proves the, 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 the worth of, of, the, of, the, of the anointed, the one who's called God's true son. We see this in David, for example. David is called by God, he's tested for seven years, and then he becomes king. Obviously, this ultimately points us to Christ, and is who is the the new man who replaces Adam. And in the tradition of the church, Mary um, is always been seen as the new Eve, where where Eve is drawn away by her desire and gives into it. Mary instead makes the complete surrender to the to to the word and will of God. Behold, the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to Thy word. And then she. She bears the new man who, and Christ, and we'll see this as Lent comes up, our first Sunday in Lent, Christ has the word of God. He's tested in the wilderness. He says no to the temptation. He endures the temptation, and the favor of God continues to rest upon him. So understanding our own lives, our spiritual lives, we, we um, have the capacity for both of these things in us. We know the, the reality of our fallen disordered condition. We, we, we rationalize things. We see things are good. We talk ourselves into them. We fall into sin. We end up, you know, hiding from God and feeling ashamed. But in redemption, Christ brings us the forgiveness of our sins. And um, we have the ability now through the Holy Spirit to, to face these tests and to say no. To say with Mary, no, behold the handmaid of the Lord. I'm, I'm going to do what God says. I'm going to endure the temporary discomfort of unfulfillment that I have because I see something I want that God says no. And as we persevere through that, the favor of God rests upon us. We show ourselves to be the true sons of God. And one closing note on this and connecting it to the um, feeding narrative in the gospel, um, I think one of the... Um, Jesus, one of the connections, Jesus uh, takes the, um, the bread, takes the creation, or offers to God in thanksgiving. Uh, a book we like by, uh, by Alexander Schmemann, he, he posits that the original sin here is human beings partaking of the one thing for which they could not give thanks. They couldn't take the fruit of the tree and offered to God in thanksgiving because it wasn't given to them as a gift. Um, and that was the human vocation, was to take the creation God has given, offer to God in thanksgiving, and then partake of the good things of God with joy. And so it's a good um, sort of litmus test of what we're doing is, can I give thanks to God for this thing I'm about to do? Can I offer it to God in thanksgiving? Is it a gift? And if the answer is no, we know it's, uh, it's something we ought not to do. But we see in Christ, this is our, this one, New Testament is full of this idea of Eucharist and thanksgiving, taking the good things God gives us, offering them thanksgiving, and then partaking of those good things in joy.
So just a few thoughts about today's lesson. O God, the creator and preserver of all mankind, we humbly beseech thee for all sorts and conditions of men, that thou wouldest be pleased to make thy ways unto them, thy saving health unto all nations. More especially we pray for thy holy church universal, that it may be so guided and governed by thy good spirit, that all who profess and call themselves Christians may be led into the way of truth, and hold the faith in unity of spirit, in the bond of peace and in righteousness of life. Finally, we commend to thy fatherly goodness all those who are any ways afflicted or distressed, in mind, body, or estate. that it may please thee to comfort and relieve them according to their several necessities, giving them patience under their sufferings and a happy issue of all their afflictions. And this we beg for Jesus Christ's sake. Amen. Almighty God, Father of all mercies, we, thine unworthy servants, do give thee most humble and hearty thanks for all thy goodness and loving kindness to us and to all men. We bless thee for our creation, preservation, and all the blessings of this life, but above all for thine inestimable love and the redemption of the world by our Lord Jesus Christ, for the means of grace and for the hope of glory. And we beseech thee, give us that due sense of all thy mercies, that our hearts may be unfeignedly thankful, and that we show forth thy praise not only with our lips but in our lives, by giving up ourselves to thy service and by walking before thee in holiness and righteousness all our days. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, to whom with thee and the Holy Ghost be honor and glory, world without end. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, love of God, the fellowship of the Holy Ghost be with us all evermore. Amen. Thank you all for joining us in prayer this morning. Hope you have a great Wednesday. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. Have a good day.